Hello, everybody. This is Ken Hale. You're listening to The Ken Hale Show. And as we are starting a brand new episode on Is It a Miracle? You're going to be listening to interviews with people with interesting stories, fascinating stories. You decide. Is it a miracle? Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Hey, I'm uh, pleased to have on the podcast Nancy Johnson. She is one who has a testimony or a, a story about overcoming that fits the uh, podcast series we have. So, Nancy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Amen. Thank you. I have some questions to ask you. One, you are an authoress, and the name of the book, I have it right here, is uh, Ask for Your Miracle, Victory right. Steps to Receiving Healing. Yes. And uh, there's a question I'm going to ask you. It's actually in the book here. I thought it was an interesting question. But before we get to the question, can you just tell us and who's listening, who is Nancy? <laughs> who is Nancy yes. Johnson? A little bit about you. Yes, yes. Um, my background, um, my husband and I have been married for 40 years, mm -hmm. Rich. And um, we have two sons. And I never thought I would see um, the day when I would have grandchildren. I never thought I was going to live that long. But we have three grandsons now and super excited about that. So um, we have just recently moved from Washington State down to Redding, California. And I'm a second year uh, student at the Bethel School of Ministry here. Mm -hmm. And my husband is a first year online student. So we're just we are just having a, a great time with Jesus. He is just we're just running after him full steam, and we, uh, since I, we were born again, we haven't stopped chasing the Lord. So yeah, our hearts are just burning for him, and right, yeah, right. So wife, mother, grandmother, Bible student, uh, yeah. crazy in love with Jesus, yes, and and uh, you're enjoying yourself down there in Redding, California. Right. What's I, what's the just for that? You know, I mean, this is kind of irrelevant for the podcast in itself. But what's the weather there like right now? The temperature. Oh, um, we're probably at about fifty-five degrees. It's oh, been it's just raining. Oh, yeah. We're we're on like the twelfth day of just lots of rain. Yeah. Okay. So that's it, right. It's been great. We've been asking God since we came here to change the weather patterns, and <laughs> wow, has it been raining? <laughs> okay. Well, we got yeah. fifty-five here, so I guess. Uh, we're even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would like yeah. to just jump into it here. I'm going to ask, a, I'm going to read from your book a question, mm -hmm. and then I want you to explain why you asked that question. Okay. It says this, I asked a profound question. In the depths of my despair, having tried everything with nothing left and nothing in control did I read that right? And nothing in control of my own life anymore. No longer in control. No right? longer in control of my life. That's, yeah. So, why would you ask that question? I asked a profound question. If I surrendered my life to Jesus, would he be able to save my life? Why yeah. would you ask that question for? Well, you know, I had tried everything and every kind of doctor and every kind of cure and thing that they could do. And I pretty much gave up on the doctors and anybody that could help me. And I was really in control of my own medical 
care my own file and um to believe anybody else i mean everybody was trying to help me my husband my kids like mom try this mom try that read this do this you know go and get this um try this supplement and everything nothing worked and to put my um myself into the hands of jesus and to trust him was a very very hard thing for me to do i was um I had to be in control and it was all fear. It was all fear. It's like, if I, if I don't, if I let somebody else have control over my life and I just give up, like I'll die. Like I didn't understand about Jesus being a savior and that um, he is faithful and loyal and steadfast and, you know, just, um, wildly in love with me i had no idea Mm -hmm. about his promises or anything about him yeah so you you have a a, uh, uh you can talk about the healing but you had no church background i mean it's not like you grew up in church and then or did you well um my parents were catholic and we went to um i think catholic school until i was in sixth grade and then uh when i when i was 16 i left the catholic church but I never had a relationship with Jesus. I never knew him personally. I didn't know the Bible. You know, we just had a priest that um, we listened to. So I knew the Lord's Prayer. I knew the Rosary. I knew things like that. But I had no idea of of a God who promises, you know, to care for you and, and covenants with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to heal, take care. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you mentioned uh, you were out of control— would you have called yourself, you were, you know, the, the term control freak in people's lives. Would you say that's what you were, a control freak? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was scared to death to let a doctor handle my case or to just surrender to um, their advice or anything because I tried it all. And so to surrender to Jesus was a huge step for me of trust. Yeah. Could you take us deeper into that story? What was going on that caused you to be afraid? What was going on with you that you didn't want to trust yourself to the doctors anymore? You tried everything. What, what was what was going on there? Oh, my goodness. Well, it started out when Rich and I first got married. We were just young, and we had our first child. And I, got, um, I started getting pain in my body, and they called it fibromyalgia which um, they didn't really know what too much about it back then. And uh, so they just taught me how to meditate, you know, how to keep my mind, you know, on my breathing or whatever, and just to control the pain. And um, I don't know, I just kept downsliding and things just kept happening and things just kept going wrong. And we would go in and have them do all the tests, you know, uh, all the different tests. My, my stomach started having problems. So, you know, all the different testings and, and there wasn't any medication that would work. I tried like so many different things. And then um, I started losing foods. And, you know, when you have food allergies, they're like, well, you got to wait three days to figure out if you're allergic to it. So you're testing all the time foods. Pretty soon before you knew it, I only had two foods left. And um, I, only, I could only eat two foods for three years. And so everything just seemed like nothing was working. Um, I tried, I tried, I read a hundred self-help books. I tried, you know, after we, we actually moved me out of the wet part in Seattle area uh-huh. to try to get me to a drier climate 
So we moved to Spokane. And we lived there for eight years. And I did get a little bit better in that drier uh, weather. And, um, of course, in Spokane is is the Healing Rooms, which is a John G. Lake ministry. And that's kind of where it all began. And my mother-in-law lived in Spokane. And she took me to her, her pastor who had been healed in those healing rooms. And she was able to have a child. So I'm like, oh, wow, okay. You know, I don't know about this. But I went with her to the healing rooms. And she goes, these are like fundamentalist Christians um, who really actually believe the Bible. And they believe it's true. And so I'm like, okay, you know, and not knowing anything about the Bible much, you know. I went with her. I went three times and I really didn't receive I felt an incredible peace there, but I didn't really receive a miracle. So I just kept going on my way. After eight years in Spokane, um, I couldn't tolerate the cold weather anymore. Yeah. And I literally didn't have, I mean, I looked like an, uh, one of those African babies who was wow. severely um, sick with their, their bellies swollen way out, really wow. thin. I got down to 82 pounds. So it was at, at uh, 82 pounds? Yeah. Two mm-hmm. foods, you mentioned only two foods, that you can right. only eat two, I, I, I suppose what you mean is two categories of foods. or what? No, just broccoli and, col- or, um, broccoli and cod. Ah, uh, co- cod fish. fish. Yeah, fish. So mm-hmm. just broccoli and cod fish. That's it, yeah. Okay, and, um, and then of course, for people who may not know about this, Spokane has very distinct seasons. It can get cold. It was very cold. winter, yeah. 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 And so yeah, and so I had my skin was so allergic to everything that I couldn't do blankets. Um, it was very, very cold. I felt like I was freezing all the time when we get down to, you know, yeah. almost zero degrees there. So after eight years, we decided, and our two sons, we had raised them. They'd gone through high school in Spokane, and um, both had had uh, started college. So we decided we were going to move back to Western Washington. And we, we did some research and found out that Camino Island, uh, to the north of Everett there, has a rain shadow from the Olympic Mountain Range. And so that it was sunnier there than most of the rest of the Western Washington and might not have mold. So we, get, we thought, all right, we'll give it a try. So we packed everything up. We ended up selling our house to some friends uh, for a really low price just to get us out because we were weight, charged up on our credit cards, you know, we've done everything to get me to the doctors and just trying everything, you know. So we get, and Rich is, my husband is just so loyal and so, uh, such a champion. He pulled me, he was like Mm -hmm. my hero. He pulled me out of situations right and left. Anyway, this is like the last time. Okay, Rich, we're going to try it again. We're going to move. So we moved to Camino Island. It started snowing the day we left (laughs) and it snowed six feet. (laughs) Like, like, it was just like, we got out of there. I didn't know the Lord at the time, but the Lord got us out of there just in time. And we find this place, this house, and literally I am, I'm allergic to, I had lived in like a bubble situation where my children couldn't bring friends in. Like I was allergic to, you know, soaps and all these things. So um, as a shut-in, it was very difficult to find another home. I get into another home. It had to be a specific home. That had to be really trying for, as a mother, Raising yeah. your boys and then they seeing you like that and yeah. uh, the isolation you said shut in. Uh, yep. Yeah, that had been very trying. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. They, they, both my kids, 
um, just came out with these amazing hearts of compassion and just they know things at a level um, that most children, you know, don't ever experience. And just as far as compassion and empathy and yeah. and that. So amazing boys. But anyway, yeah, we, we get over to Camino Island. We find, my, my husband finds the perfect place um, that would work for me. And we move in. And two months later, he comes home from work one day. And I'm, I'm literally crawling out. Whoops. Keep going. Yeah, I'm crawling down the hallway. And... He's like, honey, can you stand? And I'm like, no, I can't stand. And he's like, oh, you know, we're going to have to take you to the hospital. I mean, I had literally gotten to the lowest point and I didn't want to go to the hospital. I was totally terrified because I couldn't. I know that doctors just want to give you medicine, you know, and I couldn't do any of that. But I know that this is like every system is shutting down in my body. So he carries me out. We go to the hospital. We get there and they um, figure out that I have hypothermia. I'm, my body core temperature is like 83 degrees. Um, they, through testing, find out that I have malnutrition. And so they um, put me on what they call a hot bed, and they try to heat my body back up that way. But I couldn't stay on it. It was so hot to me, you know, at that low. Anyway, I totally lost my memory of what happened, so I really don't know what happened. But um, in those six days, they were able to heat my body back up. And, you know, put me on an IV and get some minerals and things back in my body. But um, it ended up, I reacted somehow to the IV therapy or something. But when I, when he took me home, I didn't have any memory at all. I didn't know who he was. My brain function was totally out. Man. So he's taking home now a wife who (laughs) is like really incapacitated on almost every level. And so he gets with a naturopath and um, they devise a vitamin program for me. They're crushing. He had, he, she had him crushing up all these vitamins in applesauce and they were feeding it to me and he got me on some new foods. And anyway, there was a um, fish oil that they put me on that crossed the blood brain barrier mm-hmm. and to heal the brain. And I guess 30 days later I went, I woke up. I, I woke up and knew immediately I looked down and my husband was, I was at the table with him and he was, I was eating all these new foods and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I look at him and he looks at me and I look down at my plate and I go, I can't eat this. What am I doing? And I, all the memories came back in. Is this, of, is this the nutritional value? Your body's getting the nutritional value. In yeah, yeah. And he looks at me and he started smiling and I'm pounding on his chest and I'm crying. I'm saying, And he goes, honey, it's okay. You know, you are on these foods and you've been on them for a month. You're not having any problem. And so they just snuck. I think it was God's plan, you know, (laughs) before I knew him. But they snuck all this nutrition back into me without my, you know, my soul getting and fears getting in the way. So um, it was very fortunate. So so for uh, Richard or Rich, this had to have been quite an adventure for him, too. I mean, you said oh he's God. been fantastic, your hero and all this. Yeah. But he had to have quite a bit of anxiety and worry and wondering where all this was going. Right. Yeah, that's his story, uh, but... but uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, he just, he was such a trooper. And actually, it was in 2008 when the um, real estate market fell. And he was a, he was a, he's a loan officer. So being on a hundred percent commission, here we are on this Island Mm -hmm. (laughs) where he doesn't have any, 
um, new relationships yet, trying to build a business. And with his wife, you know, having this happen with his wife, he just ended up, you know, not working like, you know, most men do just to take care of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we just, we made it somehow. But they ended up, the hospital ended up um, just writing off all of the whole case. They they just, you know, later um, just wrote off the whole bill. I mean, it was just God the whole way. And, and I don't know, it was 30 days later after I, you know, got my brain function back that my husband turned on a Joel Olstein show on TV. Now, this is a pastor that um, speaks on hope. And it happened to be a night of hope in New York. And Rich says, hey, why don't we watch this together? Now, we had never watched a okay. Christian program. 2008, and- you're living in uh, Western Washington for people who, I, I know exactly where you're talking about, but Western Washington mm-hmm. on Camino Island. Camino Island. Uh, yeah. Camino Island, yeah, Camino Island, because you have the mm-hmm. rain, less rain there. Less and, rain, yeah. Yeah, and then you watch, yeah. 2008, you're watching Joel Osteen. Yeah. Pastor yeah. of and, Hope. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, he's talking about hope and miracles and that Jesus wants to do miracles for you, no matter if you lost a business, if something happened with your child or you were sick. And I'm listening to this and my heart is just pounding. Like I'm at the end of everything, right? I have nothing. I've tried it all. I've tried all the new age stuff. I tried all of the religions. I tried, I tried to find. You were desperate. (laughs) I was desperate in every way. And um, so at the end of the show, there's a, and they were giving testimonies of all these miracles. And I was so excited. At the end of the show, there's a prayer that I had never prayed. And it was called being born again. And I heard that prayer and I thought, oh my goodness, maybe that is something that I could pray. I don't think I've ever tried that. You know, I was praying the rosary. I was praying the, the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, and doing along with the other things that I would do. And um, so after the third, third third week comes, I watched the show and I said the prayer. I said the prayer at the end. And I don't know how my spiritual eyes had been opened, you know, during all these years, but they were. And I watched the white light of Christ come into my body and this black light fly out of my heart. And I could hear Jesus right away. He started talking to me and saying, you know, I love you. You're loved. You're not, you're not abandoned. You're not, you know, um, orphans. You're mine. You're mine. And, and he just started saying, I'm, I want to heal you. And I would, you know, would love for you to go back to the healing rooms and get prayer. Those those prayer warriors really know how, their authority. They know how to pray for you. Yeah, and so and that started our our journey into the healing. So you're watching Joel Olstein, pastor of Hope, and he's talking about uh, no matter what you may have failed in or may have, what circumstances that that you've gone maybe lost a business, you have poor health, whatever crises. God loves you. There's a purpose for you. God right. wants to be involved in your life. You can call out to God, and He's there for you. And then you mentioned that uh, you heard this term, born again. Is this something that He right. prayed? He says, repeat after me? Or how did that happen? That How did that happen? Yeah, at the end of every show, He um, he says the prayer. He says, if, you, if you've never... Um, accepted Jesus into your life and made him Lord, say this prayer with me. And so I said the prayer 
out loud and I invited gotcha. Jesus to come into my heart and I gave him control over everything. I just let go of everything, which is the hardest thing for me mm-hmm. um, to let Jesus have and be Lord. And yeah, he just came in and I did it. I was trying to do everything he told me uh, from then on. So yeah. just, uh, I've heard things like this uh, before, Nancy, and I, I want to make sure, you weren't scared. When you said the bright light, a bright light came into you and a dark light left you. But right. when people are listening to this kind of, you know, description here, uh, uh, were you scared? Was there something that you had, you felt you should be frightened of? Or what, what were you kind of thinking about when you were experiencing this? No, I wasn't afraid of the light. I, I thought it was beautiful. Um, the dark light that came out of my heart, though, I thought, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was there. Like, what was that? You know, and it was almost like it felt like saying, I thought you wanted to be God. Like, I had done a lot of Buddhist meditation um, and, you know, just trying to get on that level of peace and quiet and everything. And, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, they teach on um nirvana and they teach on this this level of nothingness you know right and and that you can be god is you know you can be god yourself (laughs) and and this i felt like i heard this voice say this dark light say i thought you wanted to be god and here i here i am inviting jesus in Uh and he just pushed all that out he just pushed it it kicked it right out of me and when it left i thought i heard it say that you know, it wasn't real clear, like a, a real demonic thing or anything. But, yeah, I thought yeah. I heard that. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's really uh, important to uh, tell because uh, tell that's part of the story and not, not shy away from it because it might sound uh, odd or strange or maybe we, we're imagining things. But if we're spiritual, well, let me put it this way. People want answers. And yeah. people who are trying so many different things, they're mm-hmm. desperate, they're trying different things. They're thinking about spiritual, I'll try Buddhism, I'll try meditation, I'll try Eastern religions, I'll try a guru, uh, I'll do all these different things if it will work. Yes. They're so desperate. Yeah. And those yeah. are spiritual uh, spiritual dynamics or spiritual forces here within us, because we're spiritual beings, but I, th- I do think that there are spiritual entities that can take advantage of that. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Would you I agree had, with that? Uh-huh. I yeah. had thrown the door I, wide I open <laughs> to that. I threw the door wide open, and the enemy got his foot in the door. Um, when I first was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, of course, they trained me in meditation through yeah. the medical doctors to control pain, and it worked. Yeah. So from there, I went to transcendental meditation and then into Buddhist meditation because um, it was able to, I, with my mind, I was able to, I don't know, release endorphins or something like that that would, um, you know, release a pain, release the pain in the muscles. So, yeah, it was a, just kind of a natural um, flow of me searching, okay, well, if this worked, then maybe if I go deeper into meditation, oh, okay. it, will be, it will heal me more. And unfortunately, that was opening the door to when you meditate in the Eastern meditation, you... Um, want to keep your mind blank so that it's not, and that is not what you do in biblical meditation. Of course, in biblical meditation, you are meditating on the Word of God, right, right. 
uh, and being still and calm and everything like they do. So there was some truth, but mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't um, correct. So well, if it yeah. if meditation opens us up in our natural mind and soul, we want to make sure if we're meditating on God's word and trusting mm-hmm. Him, what we will receive will be a good thing. That yeah. the Bible says in James that the all good things will come down from the Father of lights. Yes. And so we can trust God with that. But if we don't exactly. know God, and we are doing this out of our own desperation, trusting in a meditation, in some some kind of mystical experience, we could possibly encounter a different kind of spiritual force, entities. Right. That, yeah. 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 And like I say, it's deceiving because you get into that nice, still, quiet place, which is, you know, we're made in the image of God. We're made to be his, you know, in his peace. But, um, yeah, we're not supposed to be letting our mind be empty so that it could come in. Anything could come in there. So, yeah. yeah. There's, there's wisdom and, and wisdom exactly. and uh, discernment and all those, those things. You exactly. Know. Right. So 2008, yeah. you are born again. What mm-hmm. happens? Well, um, Two weeks later, or two or three weeks later, I was just, I just kept telling Rich, you know, that I'm hearing the Lord, I'm hearing Him, He's talking to me, we should, you should do this prayer. And so my husband gets saved, he says the prayer at the end of the Joel Osteen show. Um, we just continue on to keep, now I start watching, I'm a shut-in at this point, we just keep watching TBN and all of the God shows, and I'm literally, I could feel the Lord come right out of the TV, I could feel in the worship music, um, you know, I could feel the presence of God in my home. And so I'm just going for it. I have Richard stopping at the library, getting me Joyce Meyer books. Um, so I just, and I'm in a Bible and I'm just as fast as I can. I'm trying to learn everything that um, Jesus is teaching me on the inside. And um, then we, uh, the Lord says, I want you to go to the healing rooms. And at this time there was one in Bothell, Washington. And my husband, um, I was still really disabled and the only way I could, all I could do was stand or lay down. So driving the car was almost an impossible situation. I could drive it around the block, but that's it. So he would have to lay me down in the back of our Jeep with a sleeping bag and I'd get out there in front of our neighbors and climb in the back and lay down. And it was kind of embarrassing, but um, we would go to the healing rooms and they would pray for me. I think I went like once a month for three months and, um, it was just so many, I still had so many setbacks just from being in the car um, that I just decided I can't do it. It's too far, too far for me to go. Yeah. And so the Set, Lord just... Setbacks, what do, you, what do you mean by what kind of a setback? It was... Well, I would get skin reactions from the sleeping bag. I would get, you know, just gotcha. different odd things happening allergy-wise. So I think this and is so, important here. You were mm-hmm. born again... Jesus is speaking to you. You know something has happened to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this fill in your heart before there's really any real physical, something happening inside of you that is being filled up. Would you, that, yeah. would that be, yeah. I think so. Yeah. There, now we're talking about maybe, I just want people to understand that um, this is a, this, I think they're going to see something. Of course, the title of this is, is it a miracle you decide? They're going to be hearing a little bit more here. Is this a miracle? I'm going to think about this. 
But we yeah. are talking about a process, aren't we? Something's happening over a period of time. Yeah. Yeah, keep. yeah, because I could feel and I could hear him in my heart saying, I know how to get the victory. I know how to help you through this. And so he would have me go to the healing rooms and get prayer. And these people know how to take authority over the enemy that, you know, the oppression that has happened to me. And so um, he had me call the healing rooms, the, the uh, main the main place in Spokane and ask if there were going to be any more rooms opening up closer to me. And sure enough, there was going to be one happening in Arlington. And so, which was just about a 20 minute drive from where we were. And so anyway, um, it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And then finally he said, uh, there was a Friday night and Jesus said to me, go down and look on your computer one more time. And, and sure enough, I opened up the healing room site and there was a brand new, there was an announcement, brand new healing rooms opening tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. in Arlington. So I, I run upstairs all excited uh, to tell Rich and he goes, okay, I'll take you there tomorrow morning. So we pack me up in the Jeep and we go over there and I'm the, I'm like the first one through the door. And the prayer that I got that day was phenomenal. I mean, I, I had, I felt so good when I came out of there that it was just, it was such a change. And I just knew that this was going to be the thing that helped me. So I went home and I, I got on um, in the phone book and I called all the churches and got myself on the prayer list on, on all the churches in my area. And then I, um, I was calling Andrew Womack. Um, I had met Andrew Womack on TBN. Oh. And yeah, he has a really great um, healing ministry. And so I was learning. I, I kept learning the word and learning the promises and being taught by the Lord um, through the TV there. And then, um, so the following Saturday, I went, I had Rich take me again to this new healing rooms. And by the, in two weeks, I was able to drive the car myself. Wow. So they, they were just like taking me like an onion and they were peeling off uh, everything. They were praying for, you know, my emotions. They were praying for my marriage. They were praying for fear to go. They're mm-hmm. for, um, you know, all the different things and the different layers they were praying for, you know, my faith and, and hope to come, hopelessness to go and faith to come in and, and all oppression to be gone. And uh, it was working. It was working. I was sleeping 16 hours a day with chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And right away, I started getting my energy back and sleeping just eight hours a day. And the fibromyalgia pain was just gone. So, that, and, so from being, uh, uh, did he, he helped you get to the car? Did he carry you, uh, kind of, did he carry you to the car or help you walk to the car? Yeah, he just helped me walk to the car. I could walk, but I couldn't sit because I had a demon. And lay down two yeah. weeks in a prayer, I said prayer meeting, but two weeks, they are prayer meetings, but they're prayer rooms to be prayer clear rooms, yeah. for everybody. And that they were praying very specifically, very mm-hmm. powerfully targeted for you. Right. And in two weeks, you were driving the car. Right. And these Amazing. are ordinary people. Ordinary people, these are not ordained pastors. These are just ordinary people who have been trained. Uh, the Healing Rooms is all denominations um, come together to pray for people. Right. And they learn they learn about their authority and they learn about healing. And um, yeah, there's just ordinary people, three to a room. And I, I literally was driving the car in two weeks. And I was going, I went 16 Saturdays in a row. And by the um, uh, the fourth month, they put me on the team uh, to start praying for others, even though I still have, <laughs> I, I said my stomach was, now my stomach has started to go down, the swelling has started to go down. Okay. 
um, I was able to, uh, you know, there was so much pain in my ears that I couldn't listen to Christian music. I couldn't listen to music. Mm. Um, I got my worship music on and they taught me, keep the worship music on in your home. It's going to help, um, you know, just do warfare for you. And so you can just relax. And so, yeah, just things started happening. So I got on the team and in praying for others, um, I seemed to get twice as healed, twice as fast as I was mm-hmm. going. Um, I think that's the prayer in Job where it says, if you pray for others, you know, you're going to get twice as much. So I was believing God for twice as much um, being on the team. Mm-hmm. So things started happening really fast. And then within a couple months, I found out about, um, as part of my healing journey, um, I found out about a ministry school. And um, this ministry school was starting in a week and a half. (laughs) And I'm like, God, you were on on a fast track. (laughs) I really wanted to go to this ministry school because I I needed to get in the the word of God around me as much as I could. And the saints, my brothers and sisters in Christ around me as much as I could, Uh because I was I'd been isolated for years, which is the worst place to be um, as far as the enemy trying to attack you. So. Um, I went to this meeting about the this ministry school, and I tell you what, I've the love of God fell mm. on that place. There was so many um, loving Christians around me, and I walk out of the that church, and I just started crying. I was just crying, crying out there on the front porch there, and the pastor comes out, you know, who was the one speaking about the present, doing the presentation for the ministry school. It was, it was a, a night where you come and you get introduced to everything. Uh-huh. And he goes, what did you think? And I, I'm crying, you know, and he goes, I go, well, I, it's the thing that I want more than anything in the whole world, but we don't have the, the finances, you know, wow. we have no money. We have nothing. And he looked at me and he goes, well, we had a fellow lash. And I said, physically, I don't think I'm able to, to, to do it. And he said, well, we had a fellow last year who, by the grace of God, was able to stand in the back of the classroom. He had back pain. And he did it. He did it. He did the whole year. And God just did so many things for him. And then he said, and if it's God's will, he's going to pay the bill. And I went, oh, my gosh, I've never heard so much faith come out of a a pastor for me, you know, specifically for me to be to get my dream. And I drove home. And I told Rich, my husband, about it. And he said, well, maybe you could do the part-time school, you know, because it wouldn't be too much involved with sitting and and how you would have to stand. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went to an interview the next day with this pastor and his assistant. And they they both were hearing from the Lord that I was to do the full-time school, that I was going to be one of their full-time students. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know hearing that. Um, but they prayed for me, and they prayed for my my brain function, which was a huge issue, still. And uh, they prayed for my finances. So I, I I leave that meeting, all excited to maybe you know be able to do something, at least maybe go part time. And I get home, get in my garage, and my phone rings, and it's my neighbor who I told about a week before about the school, and I didn't remember telling her. And she says, "Hey, you know that school?" And I said, "Yeah." The ministry school and she said yes i i wanted to pay for two-thirds of your tuition and i'm i just like about dropped the phone and i was so excited that this really was god's will for me Uh and and he was answering it tangibly you know with my neighbor gonna pay the bill so um or two-thirds of the bill so 
I got, you know, Rich and I got together and we said, yeah, well, just if you just have to stand in the back of the classroom, just stand there and see what happens, you know, and how it goes. So I started uh, school and within two weeks, I was able to sit down for six hours a day. Hmm. I mean, it was miracle after miracle after miracle. Um, the students were praying for me and, and um, it was just the grace. It was just obedience, really. Right. It, he, it's like Jesus was living through me. He was saying, Nancy, I'm, I want to go to this school and I can do it through you. Mm-hmm. I can do it through you. So all you have to do is believe me, only believe. And uh-huh. he kept telling me, only believe, only believe. And I was just watching him work through my body. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like I, I, you know, I came into the this experience of seeing Jesus, you know, walk into my room or anything that I was just believing. I was just obeying, right. praying and obeying, praying Isn't, and obeying. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, I think that the idea of uh, obedience, it's easy for Christians to get mixed up on that. You were encountering God mm-hmm. G- or, or Jesus. You were encountering Jesus and... Um, he was speaking to you and giving you really direction, and you were being responding or being obedient to what he was doing. Right. And I think that's really important to distinguish here, because when we talk about obedience, we're not talking about be obedient to some set of rules and rituals and everybody just kind of gritting their teeth and says, I'm doing everything right, being obedient. But we're talking yeah. about I'm obedient at the level that I'm encountering God. Exactly. He's, he's doing something in me. And if you're listening, he may be doing something in you right now. Mm-hmm. And if you respond in obedience to what he's doing, you go to a never you go on to a, ne- a next step. He has something for you. He has a purpose and a destiny and he wants to lead you. It's called faith. Yes. And uh, that, would that be a fair example, a fair explanation, uh, Nancy, for what you yeah. would, how you would say it? Yeah, it was almost like the 10 lepers, you know, he healed them. And two, two came back to say thank you, but they didn't get mm-hmm. healed immediately. They were healed as they went. Yeah. So um, when they walked away from Jesus and they walked down the road, they were getting their healing as they walked away. And only two came back to say thank you. So that's really kind of what he was doing with me. I was getting healed as I went. I was walking by faith, not by sight. Um, he said, don't, don't look at your body, look at me. You know, and it was really this relational um, conversation that I was having, you know, all throughout the day. And I would say, oh, my gosh, Lord, I can't even pray. You know, I was used to praying out loud and confessing the promises. But here I am in school six hours a day and I can't do that now. And he goes, only believe, only believe. (laughs) Yeah. And so I would just sit there and believe, Okay, I just have to. I just have to surrender to your will. I am doing your will. I am making myself a living sacrifice here. Uh-huh. This is exactly what your will is. And I, as long as I'm in your will, um, I'm going to be fine. And and so, yeah. Yeah, and it, it seems like sometimes when, when uh, we start off, we're obeying God, we're moving in God, and we're doing things, we're, we're confessing, we're praying things, we're doing things. But as we grow, the things that we were doing weeks or months or, or perhaps a few years ago, uh, they're the stepping stones for something more that we sh- we need and can can be doing in faith. It's not like we go back and just keep doing that. That we got we got to keep stepping forward in the, in the understanding and wisdom of Christ. Uh, 
Right. Yeah. I noticed yep. also the subtitle to your book it says "Ask for Your Miracle" by uh, for those listening for Nancy and Johnson. It was copyrighted and published in 2019. But Nancy it says "Victory Steps to Receiving Healing." I think we've been hearing the victory steps, but we didn't put a, a label on them. Could yeah. you just comment a little bit about just kind of put a label on target those victory steps for receiving healing? What would what would those victory steps be? I think the first one was salvation. You know, obviously. Yeah, big one. <laughs> I needed him. When he came in uh, to my heart, you know, he immediately knew what I, you know, what I needed to get rid of, what needed to come out, mm-hmm. and what he needed to, to teach me and walk me through. Right. So, but one of them was the worthiness issue that I, I was worthy I had been so beaten down by the enemy and so felt so rejected and so orphaned um, that I had no idea I was worthy enough to even ask God for a miracle. And so just through Jesus' loving me, he loved me back into this place of knowing my identity, um, that I was, uh, I was royalty in his eyes, that I was um, worth the price that he paid on the cross mm. for me. And so that just knowing that I'm the apple of his eye, that was the, like the first key or the second key after salvation, just knowing that you're worthy to you're, receive. You really are you're talking about something that is far more heart-believing. And, and, you know, we use the word relationship. People say relationship with Jesus. What does that mean? But it is, it's something deep within the heart of what I am rather than what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's that your victory steps to receiving healing. And you're talking about is something who you are. And it's, it's a way in which Jesus sees you and when you start to operate in that, that's the victory step, or at least it's some of the victory steps exactly. towards your, your healing. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're if you're under oppression and you don't know your identity, um, you're not going to be able to successfully remove the enemy from you um, until you know that you have authority, that you know that you're made in the image of God, and you're here to take dominion, according to uh, Genesis, the book of Genesis. So we're here. Um, made in made in the image of God, male and female, He mm-hmm. made them to take dominion, to be um, fruitful and multiply. So that's part of our calling. It's part of um, you know being a brother and sister of Christ. Um, part of being a, a daughter, a son, or a daughter of God is we have rights and privileges. And so He started teaching me my identity mm-hmm. and who I really was, and and what that. Um, how significant that is. I had no idea. (laughs) No idea. And so when you're powerless, you don't believe that you can um, be powerful over your, your circumstances. So that's, that was one of the first things he started to teach me is now you're over your circumstances. You're above your circumstances, not beneath. And so you have to get to that, that level of, of thinking in your mind is like you said, seeing yourself, how he sees you. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then the other the other thing was forgiveness. Uh, he he showed me that I had to forgive myself, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the hugest releases that I got at the healing rooms. Was they they showed me um, I had forgiven everybody else, but I didn't understand how how important it was to forgive myself right. for all the years of my body not being able to work properly or function properly, or forgive myself for my marriage. You know. Um, because uh, when you're that sick that long, your marriage, it, it's just, there's destruction on every level, you know, and forgive myself for, you mm. know, being the one that caused the 
um, charge cars to be charged all the way up. I mean, this the enemy just tries to accuse you on every level. Yeah, every level. Yeah, yeah, and so their forgiveness is huge. Yeah, so we heard. I heard uh, to be oh, the term you use the term "born again" or to mm-hmm. be saved. Just briefly, briefly, uh, I know what you mean, but uh, mm-hmm. what do you mean? What would you say? Be born again. What, what are you? What are you talking about? What is that? Yeah, that is. Um, I think it's uh, in John three or four, the mm-hmm. book of John. It talks about Nicodemus was asking. Jesus, um, how how he could see the kingdom. He wanted to see the kingdom like Jesus. He's Jewish. Mm-hmm. He wanted to see the kingdom. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, well, how do I do that, Jesus? Because I've already been born of a mother. And uh, Jesus says, no, no, no. What it means is you must be born of the Spirit. Right. And, um, you know, the Spirit is like the wind. And where the wind, you don't know where the wind is blowing. So it's coming into an understanding now that we are, um, born of the Spirit and the sons of God, the ones who are obedient mm-hmm. to the Spirit of the Lord are called the sons of God. Yeah. And so with everything I was doing, I was trying to be obedient um, and be in that, you know, walk in that level of being a son and being born again. So it's yeah. a whole new creation now. I'm in a, I'm, I'm no longer of the old. I'm a brand new creation. All the old things have passed away. Now, when you say that prayer and Jesus comes in, you're old, all the old goes away and you become a brand new creation. Yeah. You come out of out of the kingdom of darkness and you're translated into the kingdom of the son yeah. of his love, according to Colossians yeah. um, 1 and 2. We're no longer under um, the kingdom of darkness. We're yeah. no longer under the powers of the air, the principalities and powers right. over the world. Mm-hmm. But now we're a child of God. And what that, and, you know, would you agree with this? that that would really mean that he forgives, like you said, all the things that you felt guilty of. Yeah. And things that you perceived that were all your fault and things that happened in your life, things you've done, whatever it might may have been, are forgiven. He really, exactly. he really forgives them. The blood of Jesus, that's why he went to the cross. That blood yeah. of Jesus truly does something miraculous. Mm-hmm. And if somebody would embrace it by faith, miraculous things happen inside of them. Right. Yeah. See, it, Jesus, yeah, he went to the cross. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, they were having to go once a year. The priest would go once a year to clear the nation of sin with a lamb or, you know, with some other kind of thing and make a sacrifice. But Jesus was the sacrifice once and for all. Right. Only needed he needed to do it once, and then we can come to the cross and exchange everything we are mm-hmm. for everything that he is. Yeah. So it's a great exchange. Yeah. And then also, um, well, I've known you for a number of years, and uh, we want to be, or how would you respond to this? I'll make a comment and tell me how you would respond to it. Um we don't want to imply that everybody who prays this prayer is going to experience this burst of light and this leaving of darkness. This is your story, mm-hmm. and it's a powerful story, and it, uh, it really, it, it really, um, it really reveals the power of God in our crises. Mm-hmm. But 
we're not saying that everybody will have that kind of experience. We, but God will reveal himself in their crises, whatever it is. Right, exactly. You would agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think something happens when you really come to the end of yourself. Um, you can invite Jesus in, but if you're not willing to let him be Lord over every area of your life, right. there's, just a, there's just levels. And then there's another level when you receive the Holy Spirit. Um, so there's just deeper and deeper levels of intimacy. Yeah, that's going to have to be another yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you want us to know about uh, wait, uh, follow, 2008? You're in the uh, this this uh, school of uh, ministry school, and how long? Well, two years. 2010, 2010, By the time I finally got there, mm-hmm. yeah. Two thousand ten to two thousand twelve. About that. Yeah, uh, I went three years. Uh-huh. Uh, got into third year. Um, they put me in charge of the outreach because I was so excited to tell everybody about Jesus yeah. and what uh-huh. He'd done. Right. And um, so I was leading the students. And then I was on staff for two years at the school. So, yeah, lots of um, discipleship going on. And it's yeah. how important it is to know. Like, I was uh, totally um, clueless about it, all of this when I was sick. And so I um, just learned the importance of being discipled and, and learning the right. Word of God and the promises. Right. Yeah. Tell us here in this, last, this class closing a few uh, moments, what do you want to tell those who'd be listening? What do you want them to know about? Nancy, what do you want them to know about your, your Jesus? Your t- anything you want to say that you're going to take away from this? What do you want to say? Um, I just want to say that, you know, Jesus is wildly in love with each and every one of us. Um, we really have no idea how powerful that love is. Yeah. And um, just to come into, just to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to let you love me. Um, he loved me back to life. It was really all about a love. It's a love story. And when I was going after the healing, I wanted to know him as healer, but um, he was, he kept, I kept hearing him whisper to me, but I want, I want you to know me as love. I want you to know me as your best friend, not just for you to come to me and ask me for something, but I want to be friends with you. And so I really want to leave people with that, that he, he is a forever faithful, loyal, steadfast friend that will do, um, who will go to the, you know, go to the depths with you um, for, you know, whatever you ask for. And then the other thing that I learned out on the streets mm-hmm. is that people were afraid to ask him for things. And that's why the, I titled my book, Ask for Your Miracle. And um, just not to be afraid to keep asking, keep asking because um we keep seeking, knocking, and asking, and the door will be open to us. And he kept telling me, never give up, never give up, never stop, keep pressing in. You you need, you know, for the full victory. Right. And we can, we can just, you know, come to church and, you know, be involved on a, on a service level. But Jesus wants to go deep into relationship with us. He wants to go deep into his word with us. He wants to go deep into his promise. And so um, he is... a uh, he is the yes and the amen. And he is, he just wants you free on every level. Amen. Yeah. And he's the redeemer. He redeems it all. Yeah. And your healing, your, your, I mean, 2000, it, it, this is 20, 2023, but you're, you're walking healed, whole, no symptoms, yeah. none of the old nonsense. Pretty, going on. 
But I still have the enemy come trying to steal. Mm-hmm. Um, he, is, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, but you've got to stand firm, and you have to, you know, um, keep those thoughts casted out of your mind. And, you know, no, I am already healed. I am going to keep my healing. Jesus brings me life and more life. That's John 10, 10. And, um, yeah, you just, you just keep shutting the door and keep going. And God has a destiny, and he has an incredible um, purpose for all of us. And um, he's a miracle-working God, and he can do far above all that we could possibly imagine, dream, or think. So whatever your dream is, tell it to the Lord, and He wants to do way higher than that. Yeah. Like He, He is, He is a God of, of limitless potential, and you are too. You know, the all of you people that are listening, you have limitless potential with Jesus in your life as your best friend and a God who promises to help you yeah. and be with you. Yeah, Nancy, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed enjoyed your story. Uh, actually, uh, I've heard bits and pieces of it, but I heard, heard this is, I think, the first time I actually heard it pretty well all the way through, <laughs> you, uh-huh. you sharing it. Your book, uh, Amazon, probably most likely, you have a webpage or anything other way yes. they can get your book? Yeah, I do have a website. It's called engagingjesus.com. And they can get your and, book there? Uh-huh, they can. And on Amazon, and I have, I've written a second um, a video course called um, Your Covenant of Healing. That's also um, up on my website. And um, we were on that, my husband and I were on the 700 Club program. Hmm. So there's a show about our testimony there. So, yeah. Engagingjesus.com. Yeah. And you can get yeah. your books and your video series. Yeah, there's video. video. Study series, Bible study mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Great, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate everything you're doing for the body of Christ. Yeah, you're welcome.